When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Question of the day, where is Dennis? Oh, there's Dennis. He just decided, good morning, Dennis. Thanks for joining us today. I'm trying to get here. <laughs> good morning. Last market always. Good trying morning, to get everybody. kids out the door and... Oh, it's, it's interesting. All right. All right. I'm glad you can make it. I'm glad all of you in the chat can make it. Everybody watching on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. I'm Spencer. There's Joel. There's Dennis. Uh, all eyes on the Fed for now. Uh, two, 2 o'clock Eastern time is is uh, when we're going to get the statement. 2.30 is the press conference. So watching, not so much for what the Fed does because they're not going to do anything, but, but for what they signal and then how convincing is Mr. Powell going to be at 2.30. So we're watching that. Uh, watching some earning stocks. Haven't been able to say that for a while, but FedEx, Adobe, Stitch Fix, watching all those stocks as they react to their earnings reports from yesterday. We had General Mills this morning as well. We'll talk Disney on the show today as well. Uh, we'll take questions from our chat, as we always try to do, and our guest is Jonathan Corpina, Senior Managing Partner at Meridian Equity Partners. He will join us live from the floor of the NYSE at 835. Before I throw it to Joel, some housekeeping items, some upcoming events you need to have on your radar next Tuesday. Tuesday, right? Yes, Tuesday, 1 to 1.30. Joel, one on two, I guess, with Gene and a mystery guest going back and forth on, what is it, Joel? Tech stocks, baby. Tech stocks. Tech stocks. stocks. Okay. And then today, everyone... Today is EVCon, the Benzinga Electric Vehicle Conference, all day, 9 to 5, after this show is over. Let me just give you an an idea here of the companies or the stocks that are going to be at the conference today. Here's a list I made. Uh, GM, Xpeng, Luminar, Adenomics, RE, uh, Archimoto will be there. Uh, so uh, there's the list of companies, public companies presenting. It'll be after this show right here on YouTube, EVCon or BZEVCon.com. And that'll be that. Okay, it is 8.04. Let's get to the charts. Joel, how are we doing this morning? Uh, we're good. We're good. We're up 30 handles, 30 and a half handles at uh, uh, 43, 66, 75. Just a few points off the pre-market high. Uh, there was a little selling after the FedEx numbers, so we traded down to 21 and a quarter. That was a good 10 sticks below the low from yesterday. Uh, inside day, well, no, I guess not with that print. It's all about the Fed, and uh, we'll see what happens today. I'm sure we're just going to be a lot of chop and slop like it was yesterday, between 50, 43.50 and maybe 43.80. But we'll see what direction we get from the Fed. Uh, crude's up a buck at 71.49, trying to move back up to test the resistance just under 73. Gold's down 560, 17.72.60. Uh, silver, that's up a nickel at 22.67. 
Bitcoin sinking towards 1,000 or 4,000, but uh, you got three lows in the same area. Let's see if it can find support here. It's actually two two grand off its low, so that's good news for Ethereum traders. And um, Ethereum, that's up just fractionally here, trading at 28.97. But I can't believe we did the whole show yesterday, Dennis, and we didn't talk about one stock. One stock. What's the one stock we didn't talk about? Microsoft. <laughs> did you win your back? It's true. It's true. Did he win? Oh my gosh, he did. He did. <laughs> you snuck that one in. How the heck did you get that thing under two ninety, Joel? You snuck that right in. You, I, you only owe me like a hundred and two lunches now. Like I it's know. Knocked off. But it's a, it's a trend. It's a trend. It's changer. a trend. It's a first victory over me in so long. And, wow, yeah. Joel, congratulations! Thank you. Two eighty nine fifty two Prince. Yes. Three days after the three hundred five, bailed out by the overall market. It did. It was the overall market, but man, that I was just hoping it was going to hold that three hundred five. What a wash out on the, just looking at you know. Wow. I had no idea. I thought, like, I was looking at 295. I had no idea it got down to 290. It just ticked it, too. You got so lucky. And now, you know what? It'll go up to, like, 320 and be like, you won that bet by, like, a nickel. So we just start, I think, because it's been so long. We, I think we just start with a clean slate, and you owe me one lunch. And then we'll take it from <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, forget about all the, the, the bets of yes. mass lunches. Yes. Yeah, yes. no, no. I, I will knock one off. So seriously, you probably owed me ten lunches, so you're down to nine. Okay, <laughs> he All lost right. a lot of bets in a row. Not to so. mention the steak dinners. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he did pay one of those steak dinners off. Ruth Crisp. All right, where's the where's the leader? Where's our fearless leader? M- moi. Yes. I'm here. I'm here. So, do you guys have any thoughts on on, on the Fed, or should we just move move past that? And or, oh, yeah, not the Fed so much, but the market's reaction to the Fed. Well, I mean, we know what's going to be. It's just going to ma- be a matter of is the Fed. You know, like if the market starts to show some weakness, he'll he don't kid yourself. When they're going in and talking, they'll be looking what the market's what doing even ahead of it. Yeah. The, the the Fed is not data dependent. Is market dependent? The market shows too much weakness. They'll talk it back up. They'll talk dovish. The only time they start to get a little bit tough is when the market's at all time highs. So, and honestly, it depend what happens going into the meeting. But we're holding on. It. What? Why the overnight rally, Joel? Because we're significantly off the lows. You know, so if, I... if yeah, because we were down last night around like eight thirty nine o'clock. We were down significantly. How far are we off the lows now? Oh, just 43 handles. 43 handles high. So we were down 20. Now we're up 24. Yeah. Yeah. Doing doing my math from the spy. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. You can do your Wild spy ranges. Math. Good trading. I mean, again, the trade is the fade trade. I'm going to continue to say it. If you're buying breakouts or you're selling breakdowns, you are doing it backwards. The fade trade continues to work. We got it absolutely correct yesterday on this show when spy was trading up at 437 and 438 in the pre-market we were saying if you're buying now you're doing it backwards i'd be selling the rip and absolutely it was a rip to be sold we came way down we did not quite get to the low from the 20th but we got close overnight so now we bounce that low is protected sure is is. news so you're still within a range though so i think you're buying dips and selling rips until further notice uh, 
Yeah, like I said, it you know um, you have three lower highs, uh, so you need to get above uh, ninety five seventy five that break that high for today. It's just kind of you know we came off, we broke the fifty day average, you know, so everyone's shaking in their boots. Uh, we found a support, and it it was protected. I mean, that selling that took place after the close, uh, that was just like people freaking out on the FedEx numbers, and it was their selling balances too, Dennis. Uh, can you remember? No, too long. No, I can't remember. So this is when, uh, you know, we were a little bit weak in the last hour. And then, you know, just before that five o'clock close, I got a little bit nervous. But once again, by the day, I mean, we're really stuck in a range here. Uh, mm. And like I said, it, almost an inside, inside day yesterday. Today with that funky low, maybe not so much. But we'll see. We'll see what uh, Pump and Powell can do for us today. FedEx, let's go right there. This was an interesting report. I, I'm actually a little bit surprised because we haven't heard too many companies come and say outright uh, or blame labor shortages outright for. I mean, we've seen it in like in in in, in food services, right? McDonald's has said it, uh, but I haven't seen too many companies come out and actually say, "Yeah, labor shortages are causing us problems." Well, that's what FedEx said yesterday. Their EPS missed. Their sales was all right. Their EPS missed, and they cut their guidance. And the reason they cut their guidance, they said, was because of labor shortages and supply chain problems, um, and and it's weighing on the company. So that's what FedEx said yesterday. That's why they missed, and that's why the stock is down this morning. Important level. I'll go to the level, Joel, and take it away from you. Back on January 29th, it traded down to 234.79. That is the level that it needs to hold because we had a huge run in 2020 going straight up. You don't want to get below that. So that's the level it needs to hold. It needs to bounce. Bulls still in control in the long term as long as that 234 holds. But bears have taken hold of the stock. I I mean, valuation perspective, the stock is cheap. But, you know, we know some of the cheap value stocks just have continued to get cheaper. So I don't know. I, I think if you wanted to try it off that 234.79, you could. But give yourself a thing there's ticking like 233. I wouldn't want to be in it. Again, the name of the game, though, is buy the dip, and it's a hell of a dip. So I'd lean on that level. That's If I was buying the dip, I would lean on that level. Uh, Well, if you also looked at your monthly charts, you would see in January we had a low of 34.79. So if Joel listened to me, if Joel actually listened, it's exactly the level I just pointed out. Would you wait a second? <laughs> no, because I, if you would, you wait a second. Up, it's the exact level I pointed out. All right, Joel hey. says, "Well, I'll give you a level." Mom, mom and dad, Spencer, do and something. Dad. He's mom and dad. on me, mom Spencer. Dad. Mom and dad, cool it. Okay, cool. it's okay. He's getting older, and he the forgot. February it's six low. Memory, he forgot that I just mentioned the February that low. Double a double bottom on the monthly. If you would have listened, thirty-five, thirty-two was your low in February. So, oh, so I was you're trying saying there's to... another number. So two yes. lows in the same area. Two monthly lows. Two lows. Yeah. Uh, and they're within a year. It's they're within the daily chart. They're within a year so we can look at it. I, oh, you know what? You told me yesterday that I didn't know how to make this a year chart, this daily. So I'm going to do <laughs> this it out? right now. One year. I'm not ever going back more than one year on the daily. Okay. Only one year. That's all that matters. What have you done for me lately? We don't care go. about 10 years ago or 20 years ago. We care about back as far as one year ago, and that's it. 
but there's a step. To, I mean, the street has been leaning the right way in. Getting this heavy. Report. Yeah. I mean, they've been pounding this yeah. thing since it was, you know, over 300. Couple down days yesterday. I mean, if you're, you know, and you got a step that you got someone trying to press it down right now. So I don't know, two monthly lows in a row. I, if I had a short on, mm, I'd be tempted. I'd, I'd be out there right now at two thirty-five. Come covering, not Come necessarily me. going long. Correct. UPS. So sympathy traders out yes, there. Sir. UPS gets hit immediately on it. Um, it's down two point three percent here in the pre-market. Doesn't have a date with 180 because there's not much in there, Joel. If you look at the dailies and tell 180, does UPS have a date with 180? Not today, but eventually. Man, I I, I don't know how I lost money on 310 puts on this thing, but somehow I did. Or 210 puts. 310 uh, puts be hard to lose money. Yeah, hard to lose money. <laughs> well, I, I would have wrote those. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're breaking support here. Uh mm. I don't know, something on the dailies at 180. I mean, I've seen UPS just kind of shrug off the FedEx in the in, in the past, not all the time. Uh, but uh both both stocks have gotten hit. Was this off this must have been off their earnings report? Uh, where'd you see a 180? I have to go back a little bit farther. I'm not seeing it on the I'm monthlies. looking at the break. I know you don't go out over a year now. You just said so you have to go for actually you don't have to go further. I'm just saying where we broke out from. We had the resistance back okay. in like October, November 178, 179. Harlan Pie and Bull uh just uh, I'm I'm doing the Harlan Pie and just looking at the chart quickly and seeing what level jumps out at me. And then you had the breakout through 180 back okay. in April okay. where it went straight up quickly. I don't know what happened those three, four days. We went from like 200 Earnings. or 180 to like 220. It seemed like in a week, maybe it's a month because of monthly candles, but it was, it was a big move. So what goes up quickly through an area can go down quickly through an area. I don't see a hell of a lot in there at 180. Can, I, 180. can I just say that Harlan Pie like, doesn't respond to my emails anymore. So no, I know we talk about them all the time. Too. Yeah. You know, we get so many great sayings, sell your peanuts while the circus is in town. Yeah, yeah. Look at the chart in the first second. What's the level that sticks out to you when you look out at the daily? You know, yeah. all those things we've learned from Harlan Pyan, who's an excellent technician. I mean, I, he I, doesn't I want like coming on the show anymore I, I, because you know we what? talk about him so much. I, I have his number. I guess I could always call him, but I don't, I don't want, I don't want to do that. Anyway, Harlan was uh, great. It's yeah. been like years since we've had Harlan. He used to be one of our regulars. I know, I know. I know. All right, call Wait. Harlan. See if he's see if see if he's around. Fine. Let's get Harlan Pine on the show. Fine. Uh, real fast, I just saw the stat from a CEO of a supply chain company. He said sixteen percent of all ships on the Trans Pacific are resting, waiting for their turn to unload. I heard seven. Is there another ship stuck in the Suez Canal? No, not yet. Why are they resting? Why? Why can't they? What, what's the because haven't you seen those pictures of the port of the port of Los Angeles? Man, there, there there's a traffic jam. There, why? Why? Because the supply chain just screwed up. Are they doing it intentionally? No. Well, this seems but, all ridiculous. Now this is all Jerome Powell's fault. I haven't figured out how yet. I'm blaming Powell for everything. All right, uh, let's. There actually is his fault. The, the, the nonstop printing press has caused lots of trouble for all of us, especially me building a house. So I, I blame Powell. I was kidding, but you're not. Uh, I'm not actually. It's what, that's all Powell's fault. It really is. Let's talk Adobe here. The stock has been one of the best performing stocks out there. It's been an absolute monster, and their quarter was really good too. Their their earnings share was above estimates. Their sales was above estimates. Their uh, Q4 guidance was above estimates. Everything they said was good. It's just how much, how 
it can't stay this great forever, right? It's already been a monster stock, an absolute beast. Um, I, I, I think the reaction here is just, you know, the move was priced in. Kramer said he'd be buying the dip. I think I'm with Kramer on this. I'm often against Kramer, but I think I'm actually with him on this too. I don't know where. What's the overnight low, Joel? Uh, the initial spike down, it was the after hours low, was uh, 6.1609. And we've held that, which is yeah. good news. Like, you know, yeah. like you have like a FedEx, which is exact opposite after hours action. Continue to leak, continue to leak, continue to leak. We had the initial washout, and we've held that low on Adobe. It's a loved darling. I don't know if anything changes long term because of this report. I think it was just overbought, crowded trade, and you know some of it's coming off a little washout low. I'm not probably going to buy the Adobe, but if I'm looking at it, I kind of want to. Mm, I think I would wait for a uh, test of last month low six twelve ninety three. We've come this yeah this far six thirteen twelve ninety three was your low in August. So I think I mean this far this fast it's it's come down off the old time high. But uh, I mean if you're gonna buy it at six twenty six nineteen, that's where I think your risk is down to. Uh, thinner stock, you know, it could pound that after that. The next daily low is well under 600, but uh, I'll just keep an eye, we'll just keep things on a monthly perspective. And uh, I'd be I'd, I'd be more inclined to wait for that 612.93.613 area on the upside. Who knows where this thing's going to go on up? That that bottom right chart is something fierce, and yeah, this thing is yep. just an it's absolute. just been a monster and continues yeah. to be a monster. It's hard to bet against Disney, so um. Disney. Oh, sorry, Adobe. Oh. I was looking at Disney on, on my chart. It's hard right. to bet against Adobe because it's been going straight up. And I also looked at Disney on the schedule here. We're going to talk Disney in a second. Yeah. But it's been just, you know, if you've been selling this thing when it falls 6 7%, you've been absolutely doing it backwards. So I'm not going to say that the trend is going to change today. Uh, what about the uh, a downtrend? That is in a stock that's up today, but in a downtrend long-term stitch fix. Yeah. Uh, hopping on their report actually surprising profitability they were not expected to make money on an eps basis the last quarter and they did their eps came in at 19 cents for an estimate of a 13 cent loss revenue of 571 versus 547 million dollars they gave q1 sales guidance that was that was good uh and the stock is trading higher but look at the uh, top right chart and the bottom right chart. <laughs> the stock is massively oversold, though. So, I mean, it was $113 back in January when everything was awesome and every stock in everybody's portfolio was green. And now, obviously, different case. I mean, the stock is now down basically 70% from those highs. So, massively oversold. Expectations were in the gutter. It was a good quarter. Um, that being said... There is bag holders everywhere. So does it just have an easy run back to 50? I don't think so because there's just so many people who are stuck along this stock. It's hard to get out of the gutter when you're this much in the gutter. But it was a good quarter. Um, I think the stock should be trading higher. I kind of feel like there's no edge. I kind of feel like it's kind of where it should be. <laughs> Joel's uh, got a differing opinion, and that's why. No, we no, 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 no. Well, you—it's just because it's such a wild child. I mean, I've seen it have some really big up oh, yeah. days. So, uh, first things first. You know, you got the after hours high in there at uh, at forty two. 
42.47. And then I'm just looking at this area here. You had like three, four highs, right? Like 42.15 and a half, 42 and a half to 43. I just don't know if we're going to get there now. You know, you're three bucks off that level. So you want to see it rally off the open. You just want to see it come up, you know, get over. If you're really looking for that big runner day, I think that this should be taken out the pre-market high pretty early in the session. Uh, so that's, how, I mean, the fact that we're three bucks off the high makes me feel like they're sellers. Uh, that 42 to 43 handle, I think they, if in fact they get up there, things will really thicken up. Uh, let's go to, let's go away from the earnings. There was, we had one this morning, General Mills. I don't know if we, we really care about. Well, we do because what do they say about inflation? You know, this is, these food stocks are a good indicator for, you know, what, what's happening in inflation land. Cause we know the margins have been pressed to Campbell soup. How did they get to that? You'd think General Mills would be similar, but stocks trading higher. So I'm assuming they didn't say anything about inflation or they didn't say anything negative. Uh, well, they came in above estimates on the top and the bottom line. Let me do a quick uh, word, a control F search for the word. It does say the supply chain environment remains dynamic and challenging. Uh, three mentions of the word inflation. Uh, uh, in the report, in, in, in the, in the report. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, of course, they talked about it. Didn't they just come out of a strike? Oh, no, that was Mondelez. That was Mondelez. Um, anyway, General Mills, I didn't look at the stock. It's not a super active stock in the pre-market, right. but um, we're in an inflationary environment where some of these companies are struggling to pass some of the input costs through. Um, it's a nice pop here today for General Mills. I don't want to own any of these stocks. I don't want to own any of them. No food stocks for me. Okay. Because I think these are stocks that will struggle in this environment one the only reason maybe that they start if you know sometimes they're defensive so if you start to really get a market sell off sometimes these stocks will hold up better but uh, you know three you're, you're coming in these mainly for the dividend and you know if inflation's running at five six percent a year and you're getting a 3.4 you're losing money so i'm not interested in general mills not at all at this point in time what an interesting area here. Looking at the dailies, the upper right chart. Uh, four, one, two, three, four, five highs in a row. Let's call it 59 and a quarter. You're trading above that right now. So if we hold 59 and a quarter, yeah, let's go up and test the pre-market high, which is just under 60. You got a daily high coming in in the 60 handle at 60.20. So hold 59 and a quarter, still looking to the upside. Take out 16 a quarter. You got real estate open to 61. If you're bearish and you're fading this and you're looking for a gap fill, top of yesterday's range, not that far away at 58.48. See if those 59 a quarter sellers are still there and maybe looking to get a little premium uh, with the, the stock trading higher. Let's go to Disney here. Uh, Bob Chapek, the CEO, was speaking at the uh, the Goldman Sachs uh, Communicopia, I think is what it's called, uh, conference yesterday. Uh, and he did basically what Comcast did: is he tried to lower the lower the bar, reset expectations uh, with regards to their subscriber growth uh, on, on Disney Plus. So what yeah. Chapek actually said yesterday is expect low single digit million new subscribers low single digit million that that could mean anywhere from i don't know one to five million new subs on disney plus um for for the current quarter um talked about how the delta variant has sort of weighed on things uh caused some production delays and just to put that disney plus number in perspective so low single digit millions uh last quarter 
uh, Disney Plus gained around like it was like twelve and a half million new subscribe new Disney Plus subscribers last quarter. So he's saying from twelve and a half million new subs to anywhere from one to five million new subs um, but, uh, in Disney Plus. So just lowering the bar a little bit. Uh, same thing that Comcast did. Same thing that everyone is doing, frankly, is trying to lower the bar now that things are reopened. It's a heavy candle. And what do I mean by that? It's a candle that is so large and such a quick, violent move that it makes you think, okay, yeah, it can bounce off the support, which it absolutely did. There's huge support from 166 to 168. But when you hit support so hard, you bounce a little bit, you crack support pretty good. So I would say if you're coming in this, as long as it doesn't break through the 169.03 low, it starts to break through that, then you got problems too. Disney is a reopening stock. Again, it's going to be dependent on COVID. I know people tell me the parks are full. But if COVID continues to spread, the parks might not be as full in the future. So um, that's the, the one concern. Um, we know 40% of the revenue. But the Disney Plus has always been their wild card, and that's what keeps the stock up. So when you all of a sudden say subscriber growth is potentially going to slow just to try to taper expectations, um, it's going to turn off some investors. So not surprising that it gets hammered yesterday. I think the move was justified. And I'm actually concerned that that support might not hold. but Support is poor until it's broken. It's still there, 169 low from yesterday. It was a little bit. Uh, we talked about this, Spencer, when they had earnings, and we were. Yep. I, I was a little worried about that, the subscriber growth. Uh, as you can see on the monthly charts, Dennis nailed the area, 167.30. So that 169.03. Three, if you're you know if you're using leaning on that, you get taken out by that 167 area just held like a rock. It's been in a trading range too, and it was just at the top of the trading range just uh what uh, two weeks ago. So boom, I, I, I'm looking at this. It's feeling kind of heavy. We'll see if this 167 holds. Heavy. Yeah, it does. And you know what? It's just there's just so many, you know, Comcast does the did this. And yep. now Disney's doing this. It's just, you know, when Google is coming with YouTube, it just seems like it's just it's all spreading out. And there's just gonna be everyone's gonna but, lose subscriber growth, you know, and but everyone's gonna have a look. I don't know when ATT's ever gonna get a piece of the pie. I guess I'll have to wait till the cows come home on that. But <laughs> you know, it just seems like it's just so, you know. It's like all spread out. The concentration is not going to be in like your big company. Uh, I, the monthly chart, it's hanging in there, stuff, folks. But under one sixty-seven, and you got you got some considerable downside. Disney, Disney Plus has a serious content issue because I and my kids will still go on there because they watch the same movies, the kids' movies again. But I go on there and flip on. I was like, "There's nothing new on here." I'm like, "This is just wasting my time." There's nothing new. So if they come out with a you know a two three new shows. Netflix coming out with 30, 40, 50 new shows a month. They have a serious serious content issue. Disney Plus, and if they want to be Netflix, they better start pumping out some content faster. Because I will tell you, at night, you know, my kids go to bed at nine o'clock. I flip on my Roku, and I'm like, do I go to Disney Plus or Netflix? I never go to Disney Plus anymore. I don't even think about opening it because I know they got nothing new on there. And Netflix. So many good new shows. I mean, I'm watching, you know, and, and obviously the movies always come on. But, you know, we know I was a huge fan of Cobra Kai. It was a great show. I mean, if you're a Karate Kid fan, um, you know, but there's just so many good shows. Like the documentaries that they keep coming up with, too. 
Um, you know, I was watching one on, you know, just last night on Dr. Dre. I mean, there's so many good documentaries on Netflix all the time. Netflix is honestly blowing them away in streaming content. They, it's not even, not even, it's apples and oranges. So Disney can produce the content, but they better start throwing some money at it. And they, right. maybe it's COVID. Maybe that's held back, but it's not holding Netflix back. So until Disney can figure that out, they're not going to get this type of premium that they've been getting off. Now, obviously, they get, you know, the parks. That's huge. I've said all along that Disney, you know, with the parks and everything gets popping. It's a great reopening trade. But I tell you, Disney Plus is not that impressive. Couple- Do you have Apple TV? No, Do you have Apple Roku. TV? I don't need Apple TV. No, no, what, no. What, what, no, what, no. What's on Apple TV? No, no, he means Apple TV Plus. That's what that's what he means. You've got to no. watch Ted Lasso. I don't you even have you heard of it? Is. No. Oh, it, it it just like won like every Emmy award. Not, it's not it's hilarious, hilarious, Dennis. You like it, it's on like, Apple TV. Gonna, it's yeah, on one Apple TV. Humor. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, Lisa, and we'll watch that. And I don't know if I laugh more at the content or Lisa laughing at the content. But Jason Sudeikis is in it, and it's hilarious. It has a sports theme to it. I, I like it. I don't know what else they have on. Uh, I, I, I have a couple things to say. Number one, Disney Park. Sure. Disney Plus does have good things. You just have to look for it. Number two, uh, speaking of Netflix, everyone, if you care about such things, Netflix is doing their very first like big showcase preview event. It's this Saturday. It's it's called To Dumb. It's literally named after the sound that Netflix makes when you like open it, like To Dumb, right? So it's this Saturday. They're gonna like basically preview all their upcoming stuff, all the shows. All the movies they got coming to the platform. Uh, that's this Saturday. Um, it'll be on on YouTube. I'm sure it'll be on on their site. Um, so third thing I want to say with regard to D- Disney Plus. Remember that when Disney Plus launched in 2019, the company said they they expect within five years to have between 60 and 90 million subs. They're at 116 already. Now I know Short I know there is I know there is a pandemic. And I know that pulled forward some of that subscriber growth, but the bottom line is Disney Plus has been an absolute killer for them. They, uh, it's been better, better, I'm sure, than their best case scenario accounted for. It's the whole reason the stock's at $180. It'd be at $130 without Nef- without Disney Plus. Not joking. The stock would be at $120 or $130. It's got $50 worth of market value from that. From that, is it worth that much? Maybe. I'm just saying. I love the Disney Plus product when it came out. I love the Mandalorian. I liked a lot of stuff on there. I'm telling you, they have a content issue. There is not enough new content. The content they put out is always good. I never challenge and say that Disney doesn't put out good content, but they're not putting it out fast enough because Netflix is blowing them away on speed. Well, maybe there's well, a lot of crap coming out on Netflix, but there's a lot of good stuff too. It, but it's, it's a, it, when you say a lot of crap, you mean a lot. Like it's the the... The percentage of good to bad on Netflix is is is. But, but as long as I can find the good, I mean, you know, and they and people start talking about, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And you go flip, and a lot of people think Cobra Kai is crap. I like it because I like right. Karate Kid. But you know, some t- stuff is obviously you know, a lot of people aren't going to watch a documentary on Dr. Dre, and, and you know, but I like you know, I like the rap back in the '90s, and I liked NWA, and I like that stuff. So you know, I'm watching the history of all that. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know, the real documentary where they're interviewing everybody and Jimmy Iovine. I mean, 
It's is there's some good stuff on there too. I don't see that coming from Disney Plus. Last thing, and then we'll move on. Joel on Netflix, there's a thing about the Malice at the Palace. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, yeah, I have to. And what happened to uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Is that coming back? That's that was a, Amazon. That's, that's Amazon, and it is coming back eventually. That's, I, I, that's I, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like it's just, just like we're talking now. We're talking. I'm talking about well, something on Apple TV. Yeah. I'm talking about something on Amazon. Yeah, I don't watch anything on okay. Disney. Okay. Since okay. It's just all spread out. Uh, it's okay. all spread out. I, I we just gotta know, have our own channel. I want to know uh, one in the chat. Network. I want to know. Put a one in the chat if you pay for more than two streaming services. You pay for more than two. That's what I. That's what I want to know. If you pay for like three or more. Streaming platforms because no, I don't think anyone's actually paying for all of this stuff. We're all just sharing passwords, right? Or maybe <laughs> a maybe, bit maybe of that is on. that just me? Okay, a little bit. Of, that's just you, Spencer. <laughs> I Mitch pays for more than two. I, I have seen uh, some ones. Discovery Plus, Disney Plus. I have ESPN Plus, the Hulu, Netflix. Mitch pays for it all. MLB, NBA. I'm wow. a streaming kind of guy. Pre yeah. market prep plus. Of course. <laughs> Do you watch Disney Plus or Netflix more often, Matt Money Mitch? Well, I, I'll be with you. Netflix is for the adult. When you're feeling like a kid, you watch Disney Plus. When, oh, yeah. When I'm with my kids, I flip on Disney Plus. I don't even go over to Netflix. And then he, it's yeah. good kid content. It's nice family content. But let's like get you know some other content on there too, some cool stuff. So all right, we'll have to get Benzing on there. All right, well, let me let me do this. Let me call Jonathan Corpina right now. He's he's at work. He's on he's on his desk at the on the floor of the Nicey. Let's right. call, I, I hope I have his number right. Let's call him, and uh, you should be able to hear me call him right now. And one ringy dingy. Let's see if it, let's see if he answers. Two ringy dingy. Uh-oh. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Jonathan here. Hey, Jonathan Corpino, we got you live. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep, sir. Good morning. How are you? Doing great. I'm here with Joel. I'm here with Dennis. Uh, it's been a while since we spoke. Uh, tell us what, what the, uh, the question I always ask and everyone on the floor is, what's the mood down there today? Uh, well, thanks for having me back. I know it's certainly uh, it's certainly been a while, and and uh, it's it's always good to talk to you guys from the floor as opposed to zooming from my my home office. Uh, so so good to be here. Um, listen, I think the 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 mood on the floors is a little bit of confusion, right? I mean, I was talking to one of my colleagues on the desk yesterday at the end of the day, and I said, "Wow, I think they're really going to sell this market off tomorrow." Uh, clearly, some over overnight news. Um, you know, coming out of coming out of China certainly is helping the market today. I think that washout that we had um, on on Monday was was pretty pretty strong and quick. Um, but this seems like we're trying to rebound back again. Keep in mind, we came in yesterday pretty much mirrored what we're looking at right now with the futures up being what they are. Um, and very quickly, the air came out of the balloon after the opening yesterday. So I, I'd still be a little, little skeptical going into today's trading session. We'd like to see if we can maintain these gains throughout a significant portion of the day. But you know, historically, we have seen uh, the, the market kind of running out of steam as it gets through the trading session. We got a big Fed meeting coming up here. What what are the traders on the floor thinking about the Fed today? This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, you know, same old, same old, right? I mean, I think, I think we're going to get, you know, the, the blueprint of what we've seen before and it's kind of the same script. Um, we're going to have, you know, the, the, the split between, um, you know, we should be keeping rates where they're at and the split between, you know, we should be raising rates. I think at this point, deep down inside, they're all well aware of what's happening, um, globally and what the what the effects of shifting rates at this point right now would do um the uncertainty that clearly is out there from from a unknown headlines and you know b we continue to talk about you know delta variant and what that what that might play and what that might look like in the next few months um so the fed knows even if even if the ones that are raising their hands saying that we should raise rates, i think deep down inside they know now is not the time they're just kind of setting us up for a a 2022 um, hike, which would be certainly, um, you know, welcomed and, and I think good timing for us. We're on the line with Jonathan Corpina, Senior Managing Partner at Meridity Equity, Equity Partners. Uh, Jonathan, I want to talk to you kind of two things. Uh, one, uh, a, a lot of times the markets turn on a, on a quad wedge, right? And uh, the last three or four turns have been, you know, higher. We've closed on the highs of those sessions and then continued higher. This one's different. That we we expired. It was it was a you know kind of an unwind to the sell side, and then you had a confluence of factors on Monday. You know, with China, they pressed us lower. You got the end of the quarter coming up. Uh, you got the end of the year coming up. You've been up ten out of eleven months. Maybe we're not due for a full blown correction or market tanking. Could we just be in one of these grinders environments? You know, what are the institutions thinking going into the end of the quarter? Are they are they stepping out and buying? To me, it kind of feels like, hey, they're taking some chips off the table. Yeah, you know, I think it's more of um, portfolio portfolio management um, and and risk management at this point as we get towards the end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So you look at where we were at the top, right? The you know S and P was up twenty percent on the year. And we're talking about, you know, we need a pullback. We need a pullback. All right. So we got a, we got a, you know, a four percent pullback over a, a short period of time ish. Three three percent pullback over a short period of time. I mean, that's healthy for this market. We can't continue to go up. And if you go back into March, and if I said to you here, sign on a piece of paper, uh, you know, the market's going to be up fourteen percent this year. You'd sign on that piece of paper and never look at your portfolio again. So we have to kind of keep things into perspective. The market's going to continue to grind and grind and grind. It will move higher, but this pullback here is just a little bit of an, an awareness to us. It's a little bit of a wake up call to say, hey, listen, we we can't keep moving higher on the unknown, uncertain kind of gray headlines that we have in front of us. And we are going to pull back. The 
the good thing is that we pulled back and they flushed that out real quick, in my opinion. Towards the end of the training session on Monday, S&P bounced off of 43.05, straight up 55 points, grinded yesterday. We're continuing to see it move higher today. That, you know, that is showing us that, yes, the negative headlines can impact our markets, but the market's strong enough to absorb that. And it's more of like, what have you done for me lately, right? This, this, this uh, you know, Evergrande headline, which was you know, majorly impactful, but not new news on Monday. With the overnight development, they've gotten some, you know, some restructuring that's likely going to happen, and it's going to buy them some time at this point right now. That's old news at this point, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, that headline will resurface again at some point. We just can't forget about it. All right. So, Jonathan, my question then, I guess, is like how much of Monday's weakness was Evergrande versus the fact that we just hadn't had a day like that in, in, in quite some time and the market just needed to go down as, as it does? Market was looking for an excuse. Okay. And probably I'll call it a new excuse, right? For some, that headline wasn't new and that's been out there and kind of on the radar screen. Um, but for others, that was a that was kind of like a oh boy moment, what's going on here? We start reading these headlines, tying it, you know, similarities to Lehman and debt crisis. And now all of a sudden you get all these, you know, this kind of um, snowball effect. I will say Monday wasn't panic, wasn't fear, no, no customer conversations of, oh my God, you know, this is it, this is the turn that we've been waiting for and we really need to get out of some stuff. It, it was nowhere even remotely close to that. And I think that kind of, that mentality solidified itself at the end of the day at three o'clock when it all of a sudden, it really bounced off those lows. It's going to be interesting to see just where we go now, right? As I said before, today's mirroring yesterday, Dow futures up 200, S&P's up 20. And then immediately after we opened, the air came out of it. We're going to really need to see. We'll know in the first 10 minutes of the day today if we're going to be able to hold this rally. That brings up a, a, a good point. So, Jonathan, I have a question. Just on a day like Monday, obviously, you, we are all looking at the charts. We're all seeing what the market is doing. But you have an advantage of not being in a room by yourself. You're on a floor with other traders, and you're talking to client. Everyone's talking to their clients, and everyone. Yep. Are you all are, like you're? You're accounting for the charts on one hand, but are you also talking to each other about just how it feels? Because you said it didn't. Fe- you said it didn't feel like bad on Monday, it, even though it. You know, we were going down. It didn't didn't feel like a calamitous event. So does that? How, how much does yeah, that factor I, in? It, it, it definitely factors in, right? So just you know, kind of keep in mind we're in this room and we have our trading desk here on the floor. We've got 13 people on our desk here at Meridian and we're talking. But you can also hear just the room. You can hear the sound of the room. You can hear the, you know, the phonics of, of what's going on in other spots. And sometimes you certainly can hear um, the volume raising in the room. And at that point, you kind of go and have conversations. Hey, what's going on? What are you guys seeing? What do you what, what do you miss? What am I missing that you guys are, are seeing right now? And you have those conversations. On Monday, you still had those conversations, but the conversations were like, was it was more of, I'm not really feeling this panic. Are you, are you feeling it? Are you seeing it? What are your clients saying? We have these conversations, and it was pretty much across the board. It was. It was calm. It was orderly. I had a few conversations with some market makers. I said, you know, what kind of flow are you guys seeing? There wasn't real uh, powerful flow that was occurring there. It was more of lack of participation. You know, I'll quote it as a, a summer Monday again. You know, we're still, 
we're still kind of getting through that, you know, coming out of that uh, that phase. But it, it seemed very, very orderly. Um, it, 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 it seems like it seems like that's the key word, right? Whenever you you hear the word orderly, that's what you're referring to. Is that oh yeah, yeah. just normal, yeah. normal, nothing to see here really. Nothing to see here. I mean, you, you, you can get done what you want to get done. My fear is when, you know, you're when the market's going straight up and you're a buyer, or the market's going straight down to your seller, and you're looking to buy stock, or conversely, you're looking to sell stock, and you can't get it done. Means there's no volume, there's no liquidity. That's when that's when it really concerns me. But on on Monday, it really did not feel like that. Um, but it, listen, there's 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 plenty that's going to occur in front of us that we're that's on our radar screens. There's plenty out there that's not on our radar screens. Yep. How this market reacts to those unknowns is, is going to be really the factor that's there. And once, you know, on a Fed day today, historically, it's, it's pretty quiet until two. So um, this market will show us today if it's strong enough to sustain this kind of quietness between the opening and two o'clock today, because we're not going to get any other real major announcements until then. Uh, just as far as, you know, the rotation in this market just keeps, it seems to keep us afloat. I almost feel like Mr. Corpina, they give you a big sell order and something, and they give you another buy order in the other hand, just, uh, you know, I, I mean, and that's why we just don't get these, you know, I mean, you had a big flush, but it just seems like there's some rotation. And I'm just, well, I was asked yesterday about, about Merck. And I know you can't talk about it, you know, individual stocks, but I mean, just what about like this Merck and this J and J and the Pfizer? I mean, is there any, you know, any love or what, what's working against this healthcare sector? And do you see that that could be like the next, you know, the next rotation? Maybe we take a little bit out of tech and we go into healthcare. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, you look at, you know, healthcare um, in general over the last, over the last uh, you know month or so, down close to two percent. And when you see tech and the way some of the you know some of our our favorite tech stocks have been trading at those all time highs, as soon as they start to as soon as they start to pivot a little bit, um, you start to see that rotation. So I wouldn't be surprised if we continue to see that. Healthcare has been an industry that that has had pressure on it, and now we're starting to see some of these names, like you said, the Merck, the Johnny Johns turns. I mean, good performance yesterday. On a on a you know relatively you know flat to slightly down day yesterday, healthcare was up you know you know forty basis points. So I, we're, we're starting certainly to see that energy too has come back in favor. Um, some pretty some pretty good moves there over the last month. Um, you know significant moves over there in the last month. So that that's another one that we're starting to see you know some rotation. But definitely, I think the the money coming out of tech at this point um, is it, just this this timely cyclical rotation that we're seeing um, as we get towards you know past the end of the quarter and in towards the end of the year let's we'll start focusing back again on retail um, you know holiday season coming up brick and mortar versus online how that all plays out that'll be that'll be interesting to see um, in a year kind of you know somewhat coming out of covid um, are they able to regain the traction that we've seen before in the past? Uh, Jonathan, last one. I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball here, but now that everyone's back on the floor and it's mostly back to normal, do you have? We, I don't think we've ever asked you for a good floor story. Do you have anything? Any good stories from just since since everyone's come back to the floor? Uh, that's that's an interesting question. You know, we try to keep things private huh. down here, but <laughs> there's, always, <laughs> there's always there's always good floor stories. What I will say is that. Um, you know, the exchange did a fantastic job from 
okay. that you know that March uh, 2020 closing down for five weeks and reopening. It seems like the exchange has been ahead of the curve in um, protection and and COVID response and testing, and and it's it's been really great to get everyone back here and see some faces that we haven't seen some time. And and I will say, um, you know, when you look at the vaccination levels, you know, in New York State and and nationally. Um, within this building, we're pretty strong, so it's great to see that everyone is is complying and and doing what they're what they should be doing as far as getting vaccinated and getting back to work. You ever been fined? I have not. I've had not. You know, fortunately, I've sat on um, I've sat on some executive committees here at the exchange, so maybe they've let a few things slip in their minds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, what was, about written up? Governor, they used to write. No, you should get written up first. Personally, I've never been fined. Oh man. Okay. Good. All right. Jonathan Corpinas, Senior Managing Partner, Meridian Equity Partners, joining us live today from the floor of the Nice Sea. Jonathan, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot, man. Gentlemen, have a great day. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. Bye. All right. How many times were you written up, Joel? Too many. <laughs> written up or actually fined? Oh. <laughs> and he was only on the floor for how long? <laughs> I don't know. For a while. How long were you on the floor? 85 to 92. Seven years. Joel's a firecracker. I never, uh, it was mainly for, to, for throwing cards. Uh, yeah. So, so you were cards. written. So, so how many times fined? I got that. It's, I don't know. That was 30 years ago. Well, I you got it. Was there one or two? Uh, or more? Uh, probably a couple times for throwing cards. All right. What, what about written up? Um, more? You know, maybe for, you know, maybe my shirt was untucked or something. Oh, real? Or, that, that specific? Uh, yeah, well, now it's really time? casual. I, I really, I don't, I mean, like, I never, I never got written up for fighting or anything like that. I never gotten any fist fights. Were there some good fist fights on the floor? They didn't last very long. Because <laughs> they were very expensive. They're they did very it, expensive. But there were things that you would think would be a fight, but they're really not a fight. And then two seconds later, the guys are checking trades with each other. You know, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, the things don't last long. But okay, all Spencer, right, all right, all right. get it, your fishing pole out and uh, lean us, uh, you know, reel so, us in. Uh, all right, so here's the thing. I want to go to Workhorse. It, uh, it's 849. We'll go to Workhorse now, and then I, I am going to – Dip out of here and get ready for the easy con in ten minutes early again. Only, Jesus. only because I'm the MC for the conference. I got to be there before it starts. So I don't know if we so, can pass that. Yeah. Okay, go to workhorse. What's the news here? Workhorse. Ugh. They provided an update, and spoiler alert is not good. They have <laughs> they have one suspended deliveries uh, for their C1000 vehicles, and two they've had to recall. 41 vehicles that they've already delivered. Man. So, uh, oh boy, oh boy, yeah, from bliss to piss, that's pretty much what's happened here. As soon as they didn't get the USPS contract, it has been downhill and non stop downhill ever since. I mean, this was a great stock in 2020 and an absolute disaster in 2021. It goes to show you got to get out while the getting's good, make sure the trend is intact when they break trend and they start going down, and then they didn't get that contract. It's hard to think of a turnaround story for it. So I don't know where the dust settles on this. We were long, we've been long gone. We had a great trade. Obviously, Mitch brought us this back in 2020. It went from $3 to $40 a year later. I sold way before that. I never thought I was going to get that high. Um, seven bucks here. Am I coming in buying the dip? Wow. 
No, uh, no, it's just too much risk. Like I don't know of when they're recalling, and now they're you know they're suspending. What are they doing? What was the first headline? They're suspending deliveries and recalling the one. That sounds horrible. Delivered. No, I don't they're want the one truck they sold. Well, no, uh, they they were selling forty one, Joel. Forty one. Come on. Seven oh seven. That was your uh, your May low. So if you want to take a look at that, you can. That's where they bounce before below that. Ugh, you don't want to look below that. That was uh, the next monthly low under the seven oh seven. Believe it or not, is at two forty five. All right, I'm gonna hop off, and we're gonna bring Mitch on here, uh, uh, and I'll see you guys over on the the next stream, which will redirect. This will redirect to EVCon, and so so let's get Mitch on there. We'll do nine minutes of ticker time, and uh, everyone smash that like, and I'll see you guys over there, guys. Uh, drop your tickers in the chat, and let's. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking. Wish making new lows. This is obviously a social media stock that a lot of people talk about on social media. Again, I tried to buy it just recently at, well, about a month and a half ago. When AMC started to blast off, I thought Wish might go with it because um, not that AMC and GME are the same, but uh, we know when I was talking. So you're going back, when was that blast off? I'm going back to end of August. No, not even middle of August when AMC really started to lift and GME. I was like, oh, maybe social media stocks start to get hot again. And Wish went up a little bit, and then it just petered out. Obviously, it's been drifting down ever since. Again, these stocks, they're tough because when there's stories, and we're going to talk about this stuff um, in, in, our, in our, our educational event coming up in October, which uh, we're going to announce next week. Um, I'm going to talk about the boom. I'm going to talk about social media stocks with the boom and the burst, you know, the burst and the aftermath. And the aftermath, I'm going to spoiler alert is usually not good and in which you are now in the aftermath um storied stock still you know five bucks i mean i guess that's all you can lose is five bucks 591 this is speculative capital only stocks making new all-time lows when a stock is making a new all-time low i absolutely do not want to own it because stocks that make new all-time lows usually continue to make new all-time lows so no, sorry, I can't get on the wish train here. I tried, I got stopped out. All right, so, so I got some stocks for us to talk about here. I wanted to come on and bring some fire. You know how I like to bring it. So let's take a look here. I'm just gonna put it on radar. I, I would take a look at some cannabis stocks. There's been talks recently. Of course, the U.S. House approves the marijuana banking reform as a part of the defense spending bill. So I think you're gonna see. A slight pop maybe in these today, especially if we have a green day. So CGC, Crone, yeah, uh, TLRY. Holy, what a disaster. All these stocks are. They all look the same and they're all epic disasters. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all one thing if you're looking for a pop, like they are oversold. CGC has been cut in half in the last two months and it's supposed to be, according to Kramer, the best of breed. Tilray, same story, cut in half in the last three months. Um, ACB, another Aurora Cannabis, not down quite as far, but it's been an epic disaster for a long, long time. All-time high on the stock is $150 at six bucks. I mean, this is the problem is valuation has now caught up with these growth stories. The growth, I always say, you know, when a stock's in growth mode and it's hot and the story's hot, valuation doesn't matter. When the story starts to cool off, when growth starts to slow, valuation absolutely matters. And the valuations were just very extreme. And, you know, they've got a long ways to go down 
to probably be at value stocks. So can the stories get hot, you know, temporarily again? Sure. You know, can they have a catalyst maybe that Mitch is talking about to maybe get a little relief pop? Maybe because they're way oversold. I mean, CGC is way oversold. So I don't know if I want to short them at this point in time, but it's hard to buy stocks in these kind of trends. Any type of pop, I think it's met with more sellers. Yeah, all these. I mean, I look at every one of these charts, every one of them the and they look like exactly the same. So, uh, I mean, CGC uh, found support. I mean, this was the classic, uh, oh, we got to buy this because Biden's coming in, right? And you had mm-hmm. the run. Everyone loaded up in yep. October, September, October. You know, you even had the run into March on this. Now you're revisiting this area. So maybe if it stops going down and just holds this, this 12, this $13 area was just huge. It was huge in uh, uh, April and May. And then uh, boom. And also, it persisted through September. Even in October, you could have bought this thing at eight, under $14. So it's in an area where it's had support for. Let's see if it can, you know, stop going down first and give you an area to lean on. All right. I'm seeing the chat mention it plenty of times. I was going to get to it no matter what today. Uh, we're just holding it off here. But the only stock that I feel doesn't even care that the market went down this last week lucid lcid monster hasn't cared yeah it's been a monster what was the catalyst here mitch it's, like why well, why like blasting off is there's obviously got a catalyst a kickstarter what is it yeah so it, it i explained it on money mitch what we went through is a kind of a bad rating with a ten dollar price point then we hopped up because Bank of America came in and gave it a good price point, a 25. And then EPA news, when they got that EPA news of their mile rating higher than any other EV, that really gave them matching expectations. And then you saw the reactions by the investors. Coming into all kinds of resistance from 28 to 30. I think if you're in this, this is now overbought. And I think eventually they're going to get a significant pullback here. I'm not saying I don't like to short rocket ships and it's in full rocket ship mode. But if I was long and I always do sell early, I'd be selling. Uh, 29. I mean, we're, we're just trading under 28. Ooh, this is interesting because you had yesterday's high at 27.93 in the pre-market. Uh, you're bumping up right against that area, 27.90 high. So you want to bust through 28. And then you only got two other highs to challenge. I'm not. I'm not going to look at that ridiculous high um, over 60. But if in fact you get true through that seller 28, uh, boom, 29.03, and then uh, boom, 29.81. The other thing about this one, and you know, I have this is just total conjecture and speculation. I could see some uh, some. I don't know anybody short stocks anymore. But after this kind of run, you know, a doubler in, uh, you know, in a, almost in the last couple of weeks, I can see some short. I don't know who who's still left. I know Citron doesn't do it anymore, but this would be the one. Oh, they don't make any money and the devaluation and this, that and the other thing. So that's the only thing I'd be a little leery about in LCID. There's definitely a theme coming out of the chat today, and it's the social media stocks where they're talked about on Reddit, Wall Street, mm-hmm. Bats discord social media i'm seeing a lot of stocks you know like sndl for instance was a huge social media stock where it was pumped on social media 
And, you know, what we say is, you know, these stocks, they get the left, you know, they get the hype, the story's hot, everybody's talking about it, and then the burst. And now you got a bunch of bag holders stuck in the thing. And, you know, could it get another lift from social media? Maybe. But a lot of these stocks that are getting really promoted on social media aren't that good of companies. So you just got to be careful that you don't get caught up in these things. And everybody gets caught up in the hype and we all get caught every once in a while. Like, okay, that's a good story. I'm going to buy some of that too. And you know what? If the story cools off, it's not like the stocks just crash the next day. They just like death by a thousand cuts and they just keep leaking and leaking and leaking. Oh, I get a little left, a little hope and then leak and leak and leak and leak. And this is not just unique to social media this has been going on for decades you know these and obviously we didn't have social media decades ago but you know it was different it was email promotional scams and stuff and not saying they're all scams but you know social media pumps you know they'll get on the train they pump something you got to get out on these things while the getting's good because it seems like when the dust settles a lot of these stocks just are not very good companies and end up going right back to where they came from all right, that's probably going to do it for us. I'll let Joel get on out of here and get yep. to pre-market prep plus. Yes. We got a lot guys. of symbols to cover. I'll cover all those crazy uh, uh, Reddit stocks, but okay. All right, we'll see you guys later on. Definitely, guys. Go join Joel. He, he's going to keep coming at it, knocking down some stocks. I'll let Dennis get on out of here. Like always, Dennis, appreciate everything you do. Thanks, Money Man. Have a good day. Thanks,